and bring in possibility to uh, to take uh, to, let's say to heal cancer or to help the planets by thank by eliminating by helping to eliminate CO2 I think is a great challenge in front of us that we as a physicist as a scientist we have really to face and to pick up Welcome, welcome to Colonia Podcast, a podcast about the use of scientific discoveries on technology application. We provide the best information on projects participated by Colonia and many more. My name is Gabriella Bernardi, I'm a science journalist, and in today's episode we talk about plasma physics, superconductors, and prototype of magnet with Lucio Rossi, full professor at Physics Department of University of Milan, and also leader of the high luminosity of 4LAC. And uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. And uh, would you please briefly introduce yourself? Thanks. Thanks for the invitation first. Uh, so myself, I, I, I am a, a physicist. I am an applied physicist. I am a particular uh, branch of physicist that looks for instrumentation. Uh, very much like there are theoretical physics, experimental physics. There are a branch of physics that looks for very uh, cut-edge uh, instrumentation and uh, and in particular myself I work I worked on accelerator particle accelerator when you want to smash atom you need to accelerate the atom as much as possible in order to go deeply inside toward the infinitely small which is the, the quark basically to the dimension of the quark very very small and uh, and for this you need to accelerate the particle so you need very powerful machine like the one that we are at CERN in Geneva 27 days 27 kilometer long and and I am a person that designed built uh, accelerator and the te- and developed the technology for the accelerator it- itself so I did all my life I'm I'm let's say in between uh, let's say pure physics and engineer not an engineer not a pure physicist something in between professor uh, what is the plasma physics and how did you first become interested on it so I started originally as a plasma physicist. Uh, actually, then I moved to accelerator. As I said all my life I did on accelerator. But at the beginning, was I did my thesis on plasma physics because I was very much interested to the idea to reproduce on Earth the energy of the sun, the basic energy of the sun. In particular, plasma physics is the basics of thermonuclear fusion, which is very much spoken these days, and is a phenomenon that is the basic energy of the universe. Basically, all the energy of the universe comes from fusion, from, from nuclear fusion. So I was very interested and fascinated by this phenomenon. Did I did my thesis, but then slowly I commuted to accelerator, uh, to particle accelerator, because I was fascinated by the basic science and to provide instrument to see, because to see, that is the point. To see more, you need instrument. Eh? Instrument are the extension of our uh, eye or our self. Eh? are the extension of our sense. So we can see something that our sense cannot cannot see with the instrument. So and it became fascinated of this. And of, of all the instruments, maybe the accelerator are the most uh, paradigmatic. Let's say the most fascinating, in my opinion. I, I commuted in reality to accelerator, but I started from plasma physics. The two disciplines are very connected, by the way. Oh, perfect. And in your career, you led uh, the Magnet Superconductor and Cryostat Group for LACC Project at CERN. And can you remember it and also the best of the worst moments? 
So I did my first part of the career in Milano, 20 years on superconductivity. This I forgot to say, in reality of the particular instrument of the accelerator, I am an expert, or so-called expert, in superconductivity, which is a fascinating phenomenon that allows to build very powerful magnets. So since I was working on powerful superconductive magnets when I was in Milano, the, my first 20 years of the career, then I was called by CERN, and I joined CERN in 2000, to build the, the magnet, the superconducting magnet for the LEC. The superconducting magnet of the LEC are the backbone of the accelerator. You have to think that of the 27 kilometer long accelerator that you have at CERN, uh, approximately uh, 85% are full of superconducting magnet, of which I was responsible. I was responsible for half, more than half of the budget of the whole uh, LEC accelerator because the backbone is the superconducting magnet. So this has been a fascinating experience. It's been the largest enterprise in applied superconductivity in the world, still the largest. It will only ITER can match, is still under construction, can match this enterprise of the large Hadron Collider itself and uh, in the superconductivity. And uh, it has been a fascinating inter enterprise managing kind of two, 300 people directly on CERN plus other 500 people outside CERN uh, collaborating. So the best moment, uh, you asked me what is the best moment? But the best moment was certainly when I delivered the last magnet uh, to the project leader, Lynn Evans, uh, my supervisor, my um, uh, really unforgettable supervisor. And uh, I remember still vividly, it was 7 of November 2006. Uh, I joined CERN in 2001 the promise was to deliver by november october november 2006 we did on time i mean incredible we have been lucky of course and uh, and this and this has been really the one of the summit of my career uh, because this is a very important object and was clear by this delivery that delicy could have worked but it is linked to the worst moment which also has to do with the magnet you can imagine that uh, having delivered the magnet in 2006 the accelerator took still two years to be started up. You, we need to put together the magnet at CERN to do the commissioning, the testing and so on. So uh, 8th of September, 10th of September 2008, we called 200 journalists and we did the startup of the machine. But 19th of November, I remember vividly, so nine days later, 19th of November 2008, we had the big trouble, the big incident. Uh, maybe somebody, uh, somebody remembers. Uh, there was the really a planetary incident because the magnetic system of the LEC failed with a tremendous fail. Uh, we had a kind of a melting two magnets and uh, because this supernatural magnet, they store a lot of energy. So this uh, the energy must be controlled. In this case, went out of control and uh, we, we lost 40 magnets. That means a line of 700 meters of magnets. This was really a very, a very bad setback, really. Uh, from the altar to the dust, but uh, we have been able to come back from the dust. And then in 2009, the LEC was still up again, and in 2010 was working wonderfully. So, but this was really hard moment, this one. But I could say that the, through the hard moment, then becomes the beauty. And uh, the restart is better than the first start, I would say. <laughs> very, very interesting. Uh, professor, you remember that accelerators are tools used to make experiments on particle physics. Do you think that the technology development need for it will have a future application? Sure, it has a present and a future application. The present is the one that already we use. Each one of us, when goes in an hospital and does a magnetic resonant image, an MRI, Image, this is done 95% of the case through superconducting magnet. And superconductivity has been brought to this application thanks to accelerator. 
first thanks to the Tevatron, the previous accelerator that was in operation at Fermilab, and then uh, the LEC still in operation uh, at CERN. So we have already, there is already a bright, a bright present superconductivity. We have imagined that 5,000 magnets uh, for MRI are sold any, uh, every year. But the future, what it is, we have further barrier. We have two, two lines. One is still in medicine. We want to develop a system for hydrotherapy. What is hydrotherapy? Large hadron collider, hydrotherapy, using the same particle at the LEC, the hadron, for therapy, for, for heal uh, people, the cancer, basically for oncological uh, th therapy. And thanks to the supergranite, it already exists, oncological therapy, particle therapy, but thanks to supergranite magnet, we can make it more powerful and really try to cure uh, see, um, tumor, which are, for example, for children, which are very radio resistant. So, and this is my present research here in Milano. Half of my time I spend in uh, in hydrotherapy, as we call it. So, superconductive magnet for uh, for medicine. The other point is superconductivity for energy for uh, the let's say green energy in fact i'm leading a project in italy that taking the idea from what we have done at cern for the high luminosity lec project we want to build a supernatural line to transport energy at zero emission zero emission of co2 because there is no almost no dissipation of energy which is different from what the present uh, overhead line for example that we have it and then there is no emission of, uh, of uh, radiation, of uh, electromagnetic radiation. And then no, let's say, emission of po visual pollution because it's underground, so you don't see anymore this overhead line. If this uh, project is successful, really superconductivity can bring also an important, uh, let's say, an important value also to the uh, energetic transition toward the green economy. And next question, uh, which are you working on now and what are your future projects? So now I'm not anymore at CERN, so I'm not leading anymore the High Luminosity LEC project, which I founded at CERN in 2010, I led up to 2020. Back in Milan, I'm still working with CERN, not on High Luminosity LEC, since I was the leader, it's not nice to still work on the same project. So I'm working with CERN for the post-High Luminosity LEC collider. We dreaming, we dream, we particle physics, we dream of an accelerator 100 kilometer long in Geneva, to be more powerful, to go beyond the X boson. The X boson has been the great success of the LEC in 2012. Almost immediately we discovered the X boson, so important. But we need to go beyond. And to go beyond, we need the further accelerator. So we are working on powerful magnet, uh, two times as powerful as the one of the LEC. This is the first line. Second line, I already said, is application of physics. So toward medicine and toward uh, the, green, uh, the green economy. I believe a lot that uh, physics is first of all, uh, technology, our technology is first of all important for knowledge, to produce knowledge, which is the most important things we can do. But second, but not as important, but only a time, we can apply this to for societal application and bring in possibility to uh, to take, uh, to, let's say, to heal cancer or to help the planet by thank, by eliminating, by helping to eliminate CO2, I think is a great challenge in front of us that we as a physicist, as a scientist, we have really to face and, 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 and to pick up. So Fantastic. this is what I'm doing. Professor, last week, uh, there was a historical breakthrough in fusion research. Laser have ignite fusion. Can you comment on this? 
Uh, yes, uh, first of all, uh, well, okay, I like to, to comment on this because as originally I'm a plasma physicist, so I have some little knowledge still of this field and then always took interest also in the ITER project, the big European project uh, in France. So um, the, this is a very important uh, breakthrough, certainly is a breakthrough. Uh, I, my opinion has been a little bit over oversold in the sense that is one step very important among many steps that still needs to go to the fusion. Uh, what is, uh, let's say, appalling is the fact that finally inertial, inertial uh, has reached some success because there are two lines for fusion. One is inertial, the one with laser done in the United States and very little in Europe or elsewhere, mainly in the United States. And then uh, the talk with magnetic field in, in Europe and in all the rest of the world. We know very little about inertial fusion also because it's usually hidden under military secret. Since these technology are usually military technology, not for nothing, Liverpool is one of the largest a military laboratory in uh, in the United States. So we know very little. I also think that they needed to to sell the salts of chess, so they make a lot of rumor. For an important step, I don't want to underestimate. Is an important step. I think that uh, so what I heard that in a few years we will have a free energy. I think is largely is largely wrong. This is my opinion. Maybe I, I can be wrong myself, but this is my opinion. And I heard many scientists are all of the same opinion. The route is still long. We need to pursue fusion. But the route is still long, both with magnetic and with inertial confinement. And now, Professor, we are at the end of this podcast. But uh, finally, if you could go back or forward in time, what would you like to know or discover? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> this is a really tricky question. Of course, uh, I, I, I would, I would like, I would like to discover uh, many things. But if I may say only one thing, you said you're yeah, asking yeah. me one thing, I will say something very different from my area of interest. I'm always been, been very fascinated by teletransport. What I would like to discover is the possibility to transport uh, matter, it means at the end, finally, people from one place to the other, beating, uh, let's say, relativity, beating Einstein, if you like. <laughs> so, of course, to beat Einstein is the dream of any physicist, is by far the maximum. But I think that there is possibility, I think what we see sometimes in Star Wars and so on, uh, crossing the wall of the speed of the light and so on. I think, this is my gut feeling, I think one day it will be possible, we don't know how, but then, I think thanks to the entanglement, to quantum mechanical entanglement, I think that finally we will break the wall of relativity and of the speed of the light given by, by Albert Einstein. This is my dream and what I would like to discover. If I had another chance, another life, I would try to work on this. <laughs> thank you, thank you for this fantastic dream and thank you so much, Professor Rossi, for joining us today at this podcast and thanks to our listeners. If you have any questions about today's show, you can get in touch on Kelonia Twitter and feel free to subscribe to Kelonia.swiss website and be part of the community. In the meantime, stay tuned for our next interview. Thank you again. Thanks. Thanks a lot to you.